you're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome to the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I'm delighted to be joined on the line by Tom Hiscott. Tom, how are you? Yeah, I'm doing not too bad, thanks. Uh, got caught up in a bit of you know, snow flurry on the way home, but yeah, it's all, all fun and games. How about yourself? I'm not bad. I'm still sort of coming to terms with the with the events of the weekend and um, Melksham's um, exit from the uh, from the FA Vars. It was a memorable day for many reasons, all of which I'm sure we'll carry. Uh, we'll cover later on in the in the podcast, but it was um, it was quite a day. It was quite a day for me and uh, quite a day for the league. So it was yeah, it was. Um, uh, it was a it was a busy old it was a busy old weekend. We are on episode twenty nine of the uh, of the Western League podcast, and we are talking about the fixtures that start on the week of Tuesday, the twentieth of February, and we will kick off or a weather uninterrupted week um, with Brislington against high flying Buckland Athletic. Yeah, Buckland continuing to do well uh, last Tuesday. A uh, 2-1 win away at Brislington. It was goals from Richard Groves and Gavin Hammond firing them to a 2-1 win. And uh, Chipping Sudbury Town, they entertained Hengrove Athletic. Yeah, and it was another away win there. So Hengrove coming away with the, the three points. A 3-1 victory for them. Uh, Brandon Fahili doing really well at the moment. He scored either side of half-time during that win for them. And a basement battle between Wells City and Hallen. Yeah, and that was a, ended in a one-all draw there. So uh, Hallen going ahead. Yeah, the visitors, thanks to... Aaron Anglin, uh, before Mark Randall uh, struck an equaliser during the second half for well. Now, a few more games in the first division. Um, first of all, we kick off with Cheddar against Sherbourne Town. Yeah, really good win for Cheddar, 4-0. Uh, obviously needed it. Uh, and it was four different goal scorers for them, I believe. It was Ricky Bennett, Callum Ham, Jake Harrison, Anthony Cleves scoring. Yeah, a big win for Pink Bloom for Cheddar. Chippenham Park, they entertained Bishop Sutton. Yeah, and it was a, a come-from-behind win, this one, for Chippenham Park. A, a goal down at the break. Uh, but then goals from Jamie Norman uh, and Ryan Terrell uh, in the second half led them to a two-on-one over Bishop Sutton. Malmesbury Victoria, uh, well, what a, what a home crowd they got. Three figures, mm-hmm. 103 Tuesday in the first division on Tuesday the 20th of February. Well done them, uh, although didn't manage to claim all three points against Ashton and Batwell United. Yeah, I hope they stayed to the end because there was a lot of late drama and it was uh, Joe Delaney striking in stoppage time uh, to get an equaliser for the ten men of uh, Ashton and Blackwell, Ashton and Blackwell United, uh, to claim the one-all draw away at Malmesbury. Now Portishead, it wasn't that long ago. Of course, we had their manager Mark Williams on the podcast. He was in fighting mood, and uh, Portishead are really rallying, aren't they? Absolutely, uh, another win for them uh, last Tuesday, two-nil victory. Hands uh, of Bristol telephones, and it was Kieran Marsden and Dan Elton on the on the score sheet for them, but as you say, rallying and looking like a team that can uh, avoid the drop at this stage. High-flying Radstock were in very good form at home to Warminster Town. Yeah, a 3-0 win uh, for Radstock there, and it was Sam Gregory scoring twice for the home side in that one. Uh, A 3-0 win over Warminster, yeah. Well, um, we'll dip into Somerset FA Premier Cup action because there was a couple of really interesting ties um, uh, in this competition. Bath City course mm-hmm. um of the well i don't know what we call it now tom do we call it the vanarama league is it the national conference like conference south is always national league south or something like that i think they call it yeah well they're you know they're a big beast in any jungle it would be fair to say and they took on they took on welton rovers in front of 389 fans yeah i mean i was there and it was a, an absolutely amazing following from from the welton supporters uh, probably had half of the the attendance there it was a uh, an interesting night. Chris Pyle, uh, Phil Welton scoring an absolute screamer, I can say, uh, from the, 
the right-hand side. Uh, didn't look like a shot was on, but he managed to, to beat the city keeper at the, the near post, uh, and that gave the one percent for me to cheer on a, on a tough night, I guess. An 8-1 win for Bath City, and it was uh, Bristol City Loney, Antoine Semenyo. Uh, he scored a hat-trick for the home side in that one. But fantastic travelling support, as you say there, Indeed, for, yeah. for Welton Rovers. It's not a million miles away to go into Bath City, of course, but um, you know, on an, you know, <laughs> any other club on any other yeah. night might be a little bit miffed with conceding eight, but I've got a sneaking mm. suspicion that Welton would have gone home happy in the knowledge that their boys gave absolutely everything till the very last minute. And, um, uh, and hats off to them for that. Um, it was a slightly closer affair between um, our, our very own Odd Down and Porton Rovers of the Southern League, but I think that uh, this one went with the form guide as well, Tom. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not 100% sure of Porton's uh, goal scorers on, on, on the night, but they, yeah, they came away with a 2-0 win, and unfortunately Odd Down are out. Well, you'll be hearing more about Odd Down later in the podcast. But uh, we now move to Wednesday, the 21st of February, in the Premier Division, Bradford Town. Normal service is resumed uh, in their home game against Shepton Mallet. Absolutely, yeah. Just the 1-0 win for them, but it was the, the three points that they needed. Uh, and it was Karen Randall, who's doing pretty well at the moment. Uh, he scored just for half-time, yeah, to lead them to the 1-0 win. They managed to hold on for the, the three points. Slightly more comfortable for Bridport. They were at home to Cadbury Heath. Yeah, these two sides seem to play each other quite a lot. I don't know if that's just me, but a uh, 3-0 win for Bridport at home on Tuesday night, uh, Wednesday night. Apologies, and it was uh, Mark Salter uh, continuing to score the goals. Uh, Richard Hebditch uh, and Leighton Thomas also chipping in there. A 3-0 win for Bridport. Now, high-flying Will and Rovers, of course, second at the moment in the Premier Division table. They took on Bitten. Bitten, you know, they're a team that we've talked about from the very beginning of the season. They've got some fantastic quality in their side. When it can be bothered to turn up, and it turned up on Wednesday, the 21st of February. Absolutely, uh, in a big way. And it was a 1-0 win for Bitten away at Willem, so really denting uh, the home side's uh, title hope. Uh, and it was Tom Knighton who struck the only goal of the game. Uh, to, yeah, to give them the one they win and uh, yeah, Bitten claiming the three points. And finally, we've got well, it, we've got well, we've got an all Western League affair in the Somerset Premier Cup between Wellington and Clevedon Town. Indeed, and that was a, a three-two win for Wellington, so they're through to the semi-finals, I believe, after that one. Uh, and it was Sam Towler and Paolo Borges who scored for the home side of that one. Right then, well, we move on to Saturday the 24th of February and we'll start, Tom, with that um, historic game for Melksham Town, the deepest they've ever gone into the FA Vars. It was the quarter-final stage. They were at home to Thatcham Town. It was a record-breaking 2,208 people, of which I was one that made up the attendance, but sadly, it wasn't Melksham's day. No, unfortunately not. I mean, uh, gave it absolutely everything. Uh, a 1-0 defeat, and it came right at the end, as we know. Uh, a bit of a sucker punch. Uh, and it was a cow Elliott who scored for, for Thatcham and it's they who, who go through to the semi-final. But uh, I'm sure I'm sure you'll be able to give us uh, plenty of info on how, how Melksham got on. Well, we've done a special... FA Vars um, podcast for the Melksham Town fans and indeed anybody who who wants to listen to how uh, Melksham got on in in that game. I mean, I was really pleased to see when I when I was you know in the stadium, there were so many faces from so many other clubs, so many people who were interested to see whether Melksham could could get all the way to the semi final. Um, it was a real you know league affair. It was fantastic that the town of Melksham, of course got behind their side and um, you know to get over 2,000 is an incredible achievement at almost any level of the non-league particularly 
the Western League, so they're to be congratulated um, for that. I felt really that Melksham, you know, they huffed and they puffed, but they couldn't blow the Thatcham townhouse down. Thatcham um, were a good side, and uh, they they were disciplined, um, and they took their opportunity uh, when it was presented to them. We thought it was going to go to extra time, and I thought it would go to a replay, and I think Melksham would have done exceedingly well to have um, to to have gone through if it had have gone. Um, to Thatcham Town, but it but it wasn't to be, in in cold conditions. It would be fair to say, um, but um, still a, a a great a great occasion um, for the town and for the club, and one that will undoubtedly live long in the history. And and of course, for any Western League side that gets you know anywhere near two thousand fans, um, you'd like to think that some of those people who've come and enjoyed that. FA Vars dream, uh, they would, uh, you know, they would lend their support to the town and, and hopefully come back and visit again, because um, you know that's what we want to we want to see in the Western League. We want to see we want to see bigger attendances. Sadly, if you if you get over two thousand people in the football ground, the chances are that you're going to get some idiots. Now. In the interview I've done with Kieran Baggs, I've not addressed the issue of the of the crowd trouble at the end of the game, but um, I think that regular listeners to the podcast will know that um, when I do get the chance to go and visit Melksham, I normally take my family, I take my daughters and I take my wife, and I'm very glad that they weren't with me on Saturday. Um, because um, there were some real idiots in the ground there. They were nothing to do with Thatcham, it has to be said, and they were nothing to do with Melksham. They'd come looking for trouble. Um, There are some reports that you will see undoubtedly on the internet that um, Thames Valley Police let Melksham know um, that a group of hooligans um, would, uh, would be attending the game and would be looking for trouble, and indeed there was trouble in the town even before kick-off. I don't remember ever visiting a Western League ground and, and seeing a police presence. I've, I've been to some pretty big games at Melksham, the opening game last season against Bristol Manor Farm. Plenty of stewards and plenty of security staff, but very rarely do you ever notice a police presence. I'm afraid that from really the word go on uh, on Saturday, the police presence was was noticeable. And I don't think anybody, at certainly our level of football, wants to see that. And I say our level of football because I think on this podcast we um, we, we try and speak for the Western League family, and it is a it is a family league. It's a it's a family game. Um, I've watched plenty of professional football. I grew up watching Portsmouth, so I've, I've seen my fair, my fair share of trouble. And um, it's certainly not something that I would like my my family um, to be subject to. And uh, in fairness to Melksham Town Football Club, they did everything that they could in cooperating with Thames Valley Police and putting on, you know, a real high-profile group of um, security guards on the day but it just it's a salutary tale listeners I think really that any club that progresses in a competition where you get you know a, a, a club with a, a with a large following or if you you know you go deep deep into a competition that the chances are always that you might encounter trouble and I think that that's um, it's a sad blight on our game and um, one that neither should besmirch uh, the good character and the good name of either of either Thatcham or Melksham so um, um, disappointing um, to end on on that note but um, otherwise it was a historic game for the for the club they they did they did ever so well on the pitch and uh, if you're interested in in hearing that uh, interview I did with Kieran Baggs and that is a that is a special interview we did 
on the podcast, um, which is a, a separate FA Var special. Anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll stick with the matter of mud on boots, Tom, because that's what we're here to discuss, and we will move on. Bitten again, we were talking about them not so long ago. They were at home to Wellington. Yeah, and they nearly came away with another, another victory, but unfortunately it did end uh, to all their match against Wellington. They did twice take the lead uh, through Connor Cunningham uh, and Tom Knighton, who obviously scored during the week as well. Uh, but Wellington, uh, fair, fair dues to them, they managed to fight back uh, and on two occasions scoring equalisers thanks to Tom Ellis and George, uh, George Painter. Uh, Bridgewater Town, they were at home to Longwell Green Sports. Yeah, and Bridgewater's uh, fantastic form really does uh, continue to pick up strength. Uh, a 1-0 win for them, uh, home to Longwell Green, uh, and it was Jake Llewellyn scoring the only goal of that game. Cabri Heath, uh, plenty of goals in that game with Brislington. Yeah, another one, another two-all draw there. Uh, Eugene Keary uh, had given Heath the, the perfect start, uh, scoring after just five minutes. Uh, and then the home side actually doubled their advantage through Simon McElroy. Uh, but it was uh, Brislington that had the last laugh, uh, and after Ricky Chandler had uh, equalised for them in the 75th minute, it was Mike Rimmer, uh, another stoppage time equaliser, uh, and that was uh, yeah a much-needed uh, point for, for Brislington. Now Clevedon Town, they succumbed to Shepton Mallet. Yeah, and it was uh, a former former player of theirs uh, who came back to Haunt. It was Isaac Reid, uh, scoring twice for Mallet. Uh, he opened the scoring in the 75th, uh, 17th minute uh, before Saiku Jane had uh, equalised for Clevedon. Uh, Reid then put them ahead. Uh, Shepton, that is, once more just after the break. Uh, and then Joe Morgan added a third, uh, which uh, they managed to hold on uh, for the three points. Shepton Mallet, 3-2 winners. Now, what on earth is going on with Bradford Town? Uh, you know, mm. when they don't win, we start worrying. And they were away at Cribs and they could only take a point. Yeah, and they went ahead in this one. Uh, Ricky Scott scoring pretty late on. I think there was just about 10 minutes left uh, when, when his uh, cross-come shot deflected into the back of the net. But Cribs, uh, fair credit to them. Uh, they managed to managed to fight back and they managed to get an equaliser. Another stoppage time equaliser. So plenty of them about this weekend. Uh, and it was Charlie Alden who slotted home for them in a, in a one-all draw. Well, one team that would have taken advantage of that uh, of that slip by Bradford Town would have, was Buckland Athletic. And they, they were in rampant form away at Hallam. Yeah, another big win for them. Uh, Richard Groves, Liam Head, uh, Chris McPhee and Lloyd Gardner all scoring for them. Uh, a 4-0 win uh, away at Allen. And yeah, Buckland continuing to, to, to progress at, at some speed. Well, if Buckland were happy with that, uh, with that draw between Cribs and Bradford, they would have been equally as happy with the result at Hengrove Athletic. Mm, indeed, yeah. Well, and uh, coming unstuck a bit at the moment. A one-all draw for them uh, away at Hengrove. Uh, and it was Hengrove who went ahead. Uh, 25 minutes left. And it was Brandon Vahili, so yeah, I keep mentioning him. Uh, he's pretty much scoring every week now. Uh, but uh, Willem did manage to fight back, and they managed to get an 89th-minute equaliser. Uh, got a header from Glenn Gould, uh, getting them the point. But yeah, they need to get back into the form that they were in a couple of weeks ago. So that's uh, yeah, three poor results in a row, I believe. Uh, well, um, Street, they continued their winning uh, their winning run, and uh, they did so away at Odd Down. Yeah, extending their lead at the top of the table. Uh, 15 minutes in, they were ahead uh, through Aidan Cheney. Uh, and then Josh Warden managed to double the advantage uh, just for half-time. Uh, Ross McCurlane did have the chance to make it 3-0, but his penalty uh, was, uh, was saved. Uh, Not down got a late, uh, late consolation through Carl Norris, but they weren't able to force the equaliser, and the yeah, Street came over the three points. We've, uh, we've heard from Oddown, of course, earlier this season, but it was a different manager. It was Ray Johnston. Um, they've changed their manager since then, and it's now it's Lee Rendell. And uh, I thought it was about time we had a chat with Lee about his his aspirations for Odd Down. And I started by asking Lee about his journey to the Odd Down dugout. 
management boys have managed a few reserve sides in my time uh, High Ridge United which is quite local and um, I've been acting in Backwell for quite a few years um, playing playing boys and um, I assisted the first team manager then Shane Smith uh, for a while took over the reserves and then that's when um, the call came from Ray to give him a hand up at all day You joined as assistant um, but, um, but in October of this year you were thrown into the hot seat weren't you? It was like yeah, kind of a little bit of a surprise as well. Um, uh, obviously, myself and uh, myself and Ray are, are friends away from the game. So um, when the call came from from Ray to say that he was um, he was sort of stepping down, it came a little came as a little bit of a shock because uh, he hadn't sort of given me any clue to, um, that he was going to leave. So it did come as a little bit of a shock. Um, tried talking, tried talking around because um, you know we we did, we did work with a good partnership. We did we did things well. We did things right. Um, I tried to talk him around, but um, he'd always make his, made his mind up. So <clears throat> after establishing that, it um, became sort of a bit of an exciting time for myself to take on. I suppose it's a, it's a season in transition for you, really, because I know Ray had very very lofty ambitions um, for the club and was quite outspoken at sort of the challenges that you face in a league where other teams have got much you know much bigger budgets and much more much more to play with. But um, to have that to have that sort of stunted start to the to the season must have must have reset the club's ambitions a little bit. What was your remit when you took over as manager? Obviously, when we. We did sort of the impossible for a couple of years ago when we, we went on and won a league. Um, we obviously didn't go up, so that was a little bit of a, a sticking point because obviously the, the players that um, I, I did have ambition realised that, and a, a few of them flew the nest as such. And uh, when I find clubs at a higher level, which we'll, we'll never stop anyone doing that, um, um, a few of the lads are still there now that, that did it that time. And um, when I took over, it was a case of wanting to really um, the, the infrastructure, really, it was a little bit like. Um, with the reserves and, and the under-18s we've got a very very good under-18 side at the moment and uh, we want to sort of um, introduce those to uh, West Mead football which uh, I have done um, over the last since I've been there and there are a good, a good handful of players in the under-18s that have got, got West Mead minutes under their belt now and I've took to it very well if I'm honest and it's very exciting for times for the club really because um, the under-18s like I said are slow at the top of their league and with us not doing so well at the moment it's um, there's you know it's, it's it's just obvious for me at the moment that um, it's, it's time for to get to have a look at a few of those. I mean, Bath is a, is a relatively crowded market marketplace, I suppose you could say, with 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 Bath City and of course with Larkhall. Um, do you, do you feel that uh, do you, is that what you find at odd down? Is it is it do you find it a challenge to sort of um, attract um, fans through the turnstiles? It is a little bit, mate. Yeah, um, I mean, like I said, we, we, we've we've always struggled to get people through the gate. And again, even even when we um, when we won it, we, you know, the season after, the um, the attendances didn't seem to go up. So it, it has been a little bit of a struggle to um, to try to get through through the gate. But for obvious, like you said, the obvious reasons. Whereas there are two other bigger clubs in Bath at the moment, so um, it is a struggle. But um, we've got we've got good people behind the scenes in the in the chairman and, and our secretary. Um, and the treasurer are all really good football people. So um, you know they do everything they can to accommodate what, whatever we try to we ask of them. And every, everything we do ask, nine times out of ten they'll go and get done. Which and, and we, we appreciate that massively. Is that one of the reasons why you've targeted the uh, the importance of a strong youth side? Because I know that in other teams in the Western League, when they're able to bring through uh, local youngsters, it helps to increase the attendance. As you've got parents, friends, and family who want to come along and, and, and watch those players in a way that perhaps you don't necessarily get when you're bringing in players or journeyman players from around the league. Yeah, exactly that, mate. It, it does help. Um, 
you know, when we, when we turn out, we'll go up and watch on the rings um, when they play on and uh, flood the league, and you, you tend to get quite a lot more supporters through the gate for the rings games than you do the first thing, which is uh, quite surprising. But yeah, like you said, it's, um, it's one of those when you do introduce um, good young players as a side, which we have done, which Ray did do as well, but you know, um, prior to that, and those, those players have gone on to play at a higher level of football as well. We, I want to try and continue that. So those, those sort of people that come in, like you say, their parents and their relatives and stuff like that. We're getting, we're getting, we've had a few more through the gate. So when we've had a few of these underwritten players that have pulled the shirt on for us and come, for, come um, and, play, and actually play minutes for us, you know, you've got their parents, their siblings, their their grandparents there cheering them on. So it's, it does help get get numbers through the gate. Yeah, that, that is uh, that is correct, mate. Uh, now, if we look at your results, um, obviously you've you've had a difficult. Um, um, you've had a difficult 2018, I think it would be it would be fair to say. I mean, I know the weather's hit, the, the weather's hit many of the fixtures, but um, you've come up against a lot of the team's top sides. You came up against Street at the weekend. We'll have a chat about that. But one sort of ray of sunshine, one positive, it, it was the uh, was the game uh, on the sixth of, of uh, February when you were able to hold Willand um, to all odd down. So does that give you cause for optimism looking towards the end of the season? Definitely, mate. Um, at the moment, it is, like I said, it's been a bit of a transition. Moment. We've lost a couple of players. At the same time, I've brought a couple of players back in over the last few weeks. So um, we've, we've strengthened at the same time. Um, yeah, the games we played, when we played Willem the other night, um, very, very good side. They are a very good side. Um, we, we came up against them, and I thought we held our own pretty well. Uh, we had a game plan set out. Um, we, we executed it pretty well. Um, they they us with two, um, two goals in quick succession in the second half. Um, our, um, our substitutions on the night in the second half were, um, were spot on, and that's what got us our, our equaliser near the end. And uh, we were we were all good for a point on that night. But you uh, you had the uh, the formidable task of the league leaders Street um, coming um, to, uh, to to the Lou Hill Memorial Ground on on Saturday. It was a, it was a, it was a close game, but would you say that Street were uh, were worthy winners? Um, I was I was actually at the game on the weekend because um, I was away, but my uh, my assistant took over. My assistant, I took uh, the ladder boy and Dean Dean Horseman's come in from uh, from Patchway. Um, he took the side on the weekend, and the report I got from Dean was uh, that you know we were good for a point again. We we held our own um, a lot, not just on Saturday, but quite a few decisions have gone against us over the, over the last few weeks. But um, I'm a firm believer, mate. Ev, you run your own luck, so it's one of those where you have to keep plugging away. And again, like Fairs has got a great side down up street, and um, it's one of those where, you know, I think as a collective, they they uh, they work hard. And, and you know, when we went down to there during the season, we took them over. But it was one of those where we we sort of smashed and grabbed job on a three points down at there, where is um, they come done a professional job. I think on the weekend, a couple of decisions went against us, like I said. Um, but yeah, we're not going to dwell on that. And I think. What I've, the, what I've gathered is we were we were good for a point, but it wasn't to be, mate. And we just you know we've got our, we've got to keep plugging on. We've got some massive games coming up all the way through March, which will keep teams in and around us. And that's the ones we need to go and uh, take the points off of. Yeah, you've got a you've got a, a few away games and a few home games, so a, a reasonable a reasonable balance home and away. I mean, looking at the league table, have you got any have you got any targets for where you'd like to see our down finishing this season? Um. It's, it's a case of finishing as high as we can, mate. We're just gonna all I'm gonna do is take it game by game, um, not get ahead of ourselves, not look at not, not look at look past our next opponents, and you know plan plan on getting three points in the next game. We've got like I said, we've got pretty much all the way through March. We've got Saturday, Tuesday games, 
So we've got, um, you know, we've, we haven't got the biggest squad in the world, but we have to utilise our squad as best we can. Like I said, we've got the the lads from the under 18s who've come in and, and done well, and you know, we, we will be looking to uh, utilise those over the next coming months because um, I don't think a squad of 15 players is going to be enough for you know the, the, the two games a week for the next five, five to six weeks. And looking ahead to to next year, well, I, I say looking ahead to next season. Uh, actually, I mean, can, can you afford to look ahead to next season at this stage? I mean, I know the fans will obviously be eager for a return to the glories of the past, but um, is it is your job in hand at the moment to secure as high a place finish you can for a down with a view to trying to give you some some momentum for next season, or is it really just the here and the now that you're focused on? I'm focused on, on the here and the now, mate. Um, you can't never look towards next season because the club might have different ideas. You know, if, if we don't deliver that, right, you know, I, I could, like I said, it's, it's exactly the same as looking past your next game. I can't look past this season because by the season by the season end comes, you could end up being in the lower reaches of the league, and it might it might not match what the um the, what the you know the people behind your scenes want, and they they might have different ideas. So you do that, you uh you could end up shooting yourself in the foot. So I'm not not going to look past my next game and at the moment what we're doing is I'm trying to build up uh, uh, back. We've, I've always been a strong believer in, in, in having a decent change of them and at the moment our change of them is a little bit little bit down in confidence but it's, at the end of the day it's my and Dean's job to raise that back up and uh, I, I firmly believe after in, I know we lost the game Saturday but um, from the reports I've got the, the spirits come on the way back up and I'm, I'm pretty confident over the next, you know, the next few games we will start picking up points again and my thanks to Lee for his time. Now, finally, Tom, in the Premier Division, there's always one, and at the weekend, it was Well City against Chipping Sodbury Town. <laughs> yeah, a goalless draw there. Uh, Wells pretty much uh, in need of wins at the moment. Uh, this won't help them too much, but points is points what they need, so a nil nil draw for them. And, yeah, yeah a goalless, as we say. Uh, nothing going on, uh, particularly uh, there on Saturday afternoon. We need some supplies for tomorrow. Oh, what's that? It's the helping hand from Tool Station. But it's uh... a hand. Yes, it's showing me around the Tool Station website. Nice. Yeah, I've selected paints, cables, sealant, and plumbing fittings. I can check up to the minute stock. Hit this button. Thanks, hand, and it's ready to collect in twenty minutes. So get the van. Can't the hand? It can't reach the pedals. Fair enough. Click and collect another helping hand from Tool Station. Your best mate for the job. So let's move swiftly on to the First Division and Almondsbury, they were at home to Warminster Town. Yeah, the first in a number of uh, really tight affairs in the First Division. Uh, just a 1-0 win uh, for Almondsbury uh, in front of 27 fans and it was Alex Biss uh, scoring the goal for them in their win over Warminster. Uh, next up, Ashton and Backwell, they were at home to Sherbourne Town. Yeah, another one of the 1-0 winners, Ashton and Backwell. Uh, it was Paul Uppington uh, leading them to the slender win over the bottom side, Sherbourne. Now, the next tie, nine goals. A nine-goal thriller um, between Bishops, Lydiard and Calm Town. Yeah, this definitely wasn't one, though. Um, in the mid- it was a mid-table clash, so these two teams coming together, and after 24 minutes, you could tell it was going to be a bit of a rip snow. It was already 2 all, uh, And they continued to trade blows uh, during the second half, but eventually it was Calm Town who came out on top. Uh, Bill Boak scoring twice for them, and it was a 5-4 victory for Calm away at Bishops, Lydiard. Uh, yeah, I'm hoping the uh, the 45 fans enjoyed that one. Yeah, uh, they've certainly got value for money. Absolutely. Um, Ca- uh, Caution Town, um, they uh, they succumbed at home to Bishop Sutton. Yeah, late penalty, uh, 50 minutes from time from uh, Reese John, uh, giving Bishop Sutton the 1-0 win there at Caution. 
Now, our only postponement at the weekend was devices against Bristol Telephones. But um, there was... Uh, the ne- our next game is the small matter of a top-of-the-table clash between Canesham Town and Cheddar. Yeah, this was one of the games we uh, pinpointed last week and it uh, lived up to the, the billing. Uh, Canesham going back top of the table thanks to this win. Uh, Carl Box put them ahead uh, during the first half. Uh, but Cheddar hit back instanta- instantly uh, through Chris Coombe straight from the kickoff. Uh, but then it was Canesham after the break who managed to find the winner. It was Matt Brown, uh, his 22nd league goal of the campaign, leading the, leading the scoring charts this season. Uh, yeah, and his goal managed to give them the three points. Well, earlier in the podcast, we talked about Welton Rovers' Somerset Premier Cup cash against um, Bath City. Well, I think it made them angry. It made the Green Army into the Green Monster because um, poor old Malmesbury Victoria were at the end of something of a thrashing. Yeah, I think Welton will have taken quite a lot from that City game. I mean, they played pretty well. I don't think 8-1 was a, a fair reflection. Yeah, they took their uh, anger out on Snell Malmesbury a little bit. Courtney Charles scoring twice uh, and also goals from Lewis Coleman and Joe Batrick. Yeah, 4-0 victory away for, for Welton uh, Malmesbury. And uh, Oldland Abertonians entertained Wincanton Town, and on this occasion we can safely say that Wincanton were very much at the races. Yeah, indeed. Uh, after Connor Williams had put them ahead, uh, they saw their lead uh, clawed back uh, by Jack Millock, uh, who's recently signed for, for Oldland. But uh, with 40 minutes left, uh, Wincanton managed to find the winner. It was Marcus Cook. So, yeah, a 2-1 win for Wincanton away at Oldland. Portishead Town. Uh, well, I mean, what can we say? I think reports of their demise have been greatly exaggerated. They were at home to Chippenham Park. Yeah, this is more than, a, more than just a revival. This is um, yeah, pretty special from Portishead at the moment. Uh, Harrison Williams scoring the only goal of their game and uh, 1-0 win over Chippenham Park. Now, the next fixture is a game that you picked out, Tom, last week. You thought this was going to be a cracker, and indeed it was if you were a Roman Glass fan, but not so much if you were a, a Miners fan. Yeah, I mean, quite a few, a few of the goals came pretty out. I think it was 0-0 after 55 minutes or so, but then, yeah, Roman Glass uh, managed to push on. Uh, a 3-0 victory for them over Redstock. Uh, Sam Wentland breaking the deadlock, uh, and then after that it was Jacob Watson, uh, the substitute who headed home a second uh, before Wentland then added uh, his second of the afternoon. Uh, yeah, to wrap up a four-straight four victory for Roman Glass, 3-0 over Redstock. Well, that impressive win by the glass gave me the perfect opportunity for me to go back to Andy Gurney. Now, of course, it wasn't a million years ago that we last spoke to Andy, but they've been in such impressive form that I couldn't help but take this opportunity to go back and have a chat with him about how well their season is going. And we started off by talking about that very impressive home win against the Miners. spoke to you earlier in the season, I spoke to you just before Christmas, um, you'd been in very good goal scoring form that's continued but last two games you've kept clean sheets, um, I mean against a Radstock side that has has scored a fair few goals this season that must be particularly pleasing Yeah definitely, it's something that's um, you know, been trying to, to tighten up in the back I think if, if, if anywhere it's certainly pre 
Well, if you aim to get promoted, when we last spoke, you wanted to be in the mix around Christmas, and of course, that's very much um, and that's very much where you are. I mean, if anything, you you, you know you have you, you are mathematically in a position um, to go up as champions. Is 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 uh, is that on your mind, or is simply just getting promotion the key for you? Obviously, promotion is the aim. And you'd like to get that. Um, you know, whether that's, that's coming first or second, but um, I think the important thing is, and something we've done all the way through, really, um, is not look too far forward and just keep going a game at a time. We obviously have, or I certainly have targets in my head that, that I think we need to sort of hit along the way, um, looking at the games in, a, in blocks. But, um, but yeah, it's only one at a time, and, and, and we've been doing that well. Um, we're on a obviously on a, a long unbeaten run and we need to try and keep that going and there will be no doubt twists and turns in the next um, in the next sort of ten weeks that's left. We all we all play each other up in the top and then I think in a few weeks' time we all play each other in the same sort of week really. Um, but uh, like I say, I'm not really looking at that yet. It's it's, it's about taking each game at a time and and trying to pick up three times, uh, three points, sorry, rather, each, each time we play. So, um, we did go well up today, but we've got to keep it, keep it going, just that, that one game at a time, really. Well, your long unbeaten run um, certainly fascinates me. Um, now, if I've done my research correctly, and please correct me if I'm wrong, am I right in thinking that in terms of the league, the last time you were beaten was actually the 30th of September? That's 19 matches ago. Yeah, that's why I think it was weak cancer abuse. Home, uh, and uh, we were pretty great on that day. To be perfectly honest, um, we probably didn't deserve anything out of that. But, but yeah, since then we've we've we've, we've done remarkably well. And um, there's been a few games where we we scraped through in truth and, and not played brilliantly. But that's that's always a pleasing sign as well. Um, you know, we're very very capable of scoring goals and. You don't really fear anyone, to be perfectly honest, and that's not in a, a blasé, arrogant way at all. It's, it's more in a way that, you know, we know if we turn up uh, with the right attitude and the right commitment, um, we're capable of beating anyone. So, um, yeah, we'll say we just take that one, time, one game at a time. Um, and it's, 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 it's served us well in the last few months. Because there's, there's two ways of looking at the first division table, I, I think. I mean, there is a 13-point gap between yourselves and Welton Rovers in fourth, and you are only three points away from um, Canesham on top, and, of course, you've got a game in hand. So there is, there is, a, there is a, a, a not inconsiderable gap between the top three and, and fourth. But, but one of the things that interests me, that in, in January, and one of the teams that you, you, you've, you had the most trouble with was actually Portis Head, who were the bottom, um, who are the bottom side. So does that just go to show to underline the quality in the first division and the fact that actually you can't take any games lightly? Yeah, no games are easy. No games are easy. And that, uh, that day we didn't, we didn't play particularly well. Um, I think mean, that said, I think mean, Porter had one shot on goal and scored that day. But, um, but no, we weren't we weren't quite in the races, and I think it was a bit of a wake up call. To be honest, it, it can't. Um, I think that was one game where I can uh, say say that the players maybe weren't quite at it in terms of attitude, like they have been 
much 99% of the season. Um, and, and I think it's a good wake-up call for us. There are no easy games, and if, if you don't apply yourselves properly, you can, you can be done by anybody, really. So, um, uh, yeah, you, you have to have to have the right application and attitude and work rate and all, all those things um, to, before you can actually play the football that we're capable of playing when, when, we're, when we have that. So, but yeah, there's certainly no easy games and you can't take anything for granted. We've got, um, you know, 13 hard games left regardless of who they're against, really. And, and the other thing about the matches that are coming up, if I look at the next seven games um, um, that you've got, you've only got one at home. Um, how important is your home form to you? And are you nervous at all about having so many games um, away from Oakland's Park? No, not really. Um, I think we've only lost one away from home. Um, we've actually we've actually lost three at home. I believe if I'm right there, but. Um, um, no, I, I don't think so. I think we go when we go away from home. We go, we go there with a good attitude, and, and like I say, we work hard. Um, you know, we're capable of, of, of winning, whether that be more away. But um, it's all about hard work, and if we keep doing that, uh, you know, it, it obviously sometimes it's more difficult away from home. But but um, but sometimes we find it home. Obviously, we play on the. Uh, on the 3G or 4G pitch, but sometimes it's, it's quite enjoyable for teams to come as a one-off to be always with you and teams enjoy coming there to play on a good surface, especially this time of year when the yeah. surfaces aren't so great. So, um, now, whether home or away, um, we, we don't fear anybody, um, but obviously we know that we have to work hard to try and keep ourselves where we are, and uh, that's what's got us there so far. And, well, when I look down the fixture list, I, I can't I can't help but be drawn to March because you've got um, Canesham at home on the 17th, uh, Westbury away on the 21st, and then Welton Rovers away on the 24th. I mean, those three games you alluded to it earlier, but they could be absolutely pivotal in in whether or not you're going to get promoted, let alone whether or not you're capable of winning the division. Yeah, obviously that's going to be a big week, um, but that's three games, there's nine other ones as well, so um, I'll say we, we do have that in our minds, obviously, you, you can't ignore the fact that uh, that week is going to be big, but, but we got we got games to play before that, you know, so we can't look at that until that comes around and um, see where we all are, um, but um, yeah... Those games are no bigger than any of the others, in truth. Um, you know, the, the games before that are just as big, if not bigger, because we need to win those to make sure um, that when that week comes around, we're still where we want to be. So, um, as big as those games will be, um, every game's big now, really. We can't go into every game trying to win it. You've got, of course, Almondsbury um, on the evening of the 27th and then Malmesbury, Victoria coming up um, on, the, uh, on Saturday the 3rd of March. And I suppose, you know, I mean, it's, it's a very exciting time to be a Roman Glass fan at the moment, isn't it? Um, but uh, as you say, I suppose every match um, has to be taken in, in isolation because if you don't beat the likes of Almondsbury and Malmesbury, then it doesn't matter what you do against Canesham and, uh, and Westbury. No, that's it. It's... it's, it's um trying to not get too carried away and, and look too far forward really because yeah each 
comes up for say is, is a big game. We need to try and um, first and foremost, we say we play Albansbury, um, and we've got to try and get three points out of that one. Um, and hopefully, if we do, then we can look at the next one. But you know, it's, it's always said, and it's a bit of a cliche, but it is, it is what you've got to do. You've got to just look at that next game. Um, you know, no doubt there'll be twists and turns. thanks to Andy for his time. And finally in the First Division, Westbury United, they were at home to Chard. We would have expected a routine home win, but that was not the case. No, a bit of a grudge match this one, uh, and it was a one-all draw in the end. Westbury going ahead uh, in the 25th minute from, uh, from Dan Kovac, scoring from the penalty spot. Uh, but Chard, um, five minutes into stoppage time, managing to level things up through Max Westlake. Uh, yeah, and that was an uh, interesting uh, fixture, to say the least. Yeah, one all draw there, and a brilliant, brilliant comeback from uh, Chard. Excellent. Now, we turn our attention to the um, fixtures, um, starting on what would have been Tuesday, the 27th of February. Sadly, the Beast of the East has put pay to the best of the West. Neither mm-hmm. Bitten nor Cribs, Almondsbury, Roman Glass St George, Carn Town, Ashton and Backwell United, Devizes Town or Cheddar... Radstock Town or Canesham Town uh, will be able to play. Uh, those games have all been postponed, but we hope for better weather on Wednesday the 28th of February. And can you take us through the three games in the Premier Division, Tom? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, on Wednesday evening in the Premier Division, we've got Bridport versus Bridgewater, uh, 7.45 kick-off, uh, and then Cadbury Heath versus Chipping Sodbury and Wellington versus Clevedon Town, and they're both 7.30 kick-off. And in the first division, Bristol Telephones take on Corsham Town, Childtown take on Bishops Lydiard, and Warminster Town take on Oldland Abertonians. Now we turn our attention, hopefully, to Saturday the 3rd of March, and with a bit of luck and a following wind, preferably from the east, with a bit of heat to it, and we might get some football on. Do you want to take us through the Premier Division games, Tom? Yeah, fingers crossed, because there's some, some big games coming up on Saturday. We've got in the Premier Division... We've got Bradford Town versus Street. We've got Bridgewater versus Oddown. Uh, Bridport travel to take on Brislington. Uh, Buckland Athletic host Bitten. We've got Chipping Sodbury Town versus Clevedon Town. Hengrove versus Shepton Mallet. Uh, Wellington, uh, they host Melksham. Cadbury Heath travel to take on Wells City. And finally, Willand Rovers, they host Hallam. And in the first division, Bishop Sutton take on Ashton and Backwell United. Bristol Telephones take on Warminster Town. Chard take on Chippenham Park. Cheddar take on Bishops Lydiard. Corsham Town take on Canesham Town. Malmesbury Victoria entertain Roman Glass St George. Oldland Abertonians are at home to Almondsbury. Portishead take on Radstock. Sherbourne Town take on Carntown. Westbury United take on Welton Rovers. And finally, Wincanton Town 
take on Devizes Town. Now then, Tom, um, what have you got for me? If we look, if, if, if the weather gods can deliver us a couple of games on Saturday, which games would they be? Premier Division, Bradford Town uh, versus Street. Uh, if Street are going to come unstuck this season, this is the sort of game where they're going to drop points. Um, and then further down, uh, we look for Buckland Athletic, obviously in absolutely terrific form. They host Bitten. Bitten come across to me as the sort of team that raised their game uh, for games they're probably not fancied in. Uh, they're sitting in mid-table, and Buckland, as we know, um, aiming for as high up the table uh, as possible. And looking at the table now, with, with teams ahead of them dropping points, they're very much capable of climbing up to second. It didn't look likely a couple of weeks ago, but if they can uh, beat a good bit inside at home uh, and a couple of other teams uh, yeah, continue to drop the points, they're going to continue to climb this table, so that should be a good game down there. Well, I'm going to dip into the first division, and uh, I probably gave my—I'd be no good at poker, would I? I just gave my—I <laughs> gave my hand away straight away. <laughs> what a game Westbury United against Welton Rovers will be! I think that's going to be an absolute hamdinger. Welton are in such good form. I reckon Westbury—they're st- stuttering a bit, but I've got a sneaking suspicion they'll be up for this Welton game. It'll be an absolute classic, I'm sure. Um, so uh, that's my pick of the games in the first division. But I certainly can't improve upon your two in the uh, in the Premier, Tom. Now then, Tom, before we uh, call it a day, uh, there has been some movement in the league tables, hasn't there? Mm. Do you want to um, take us through the runners and the riders in the Premier Division? Absolutely. So, yeah, Street um, pushing, pushing ahead, uh, seven-point lead now. Uh, 62 points they have from 24 games. Uh, Willem slipping up a little bit, 25 games, 55 points. Uh, Bradford, same situation, 25, 55 uh, and then Melksham, obviously, uh, 25 games as well, and they've got 51 points, but it's Buckland who are uh, pushing on. Uh, they've played one less than the three ahead of them, and they're on 47, so they're in striking range. Uh, and then down the bottom, uh, we've got Longwell Green, they've played 29, uh, they have 12 points. Wells, 26, played uh, 14 points. Uh, Cadbury Heath starting to pick up, uh, catch up on the game, so they've played 20 now, and they've got 20 points. So, yeah, that's how it looks in the uh, Premier Division. Well, things are even tighter in the first division. We've got Canesham Town sitting on top. They've played 30 with 66 points. Westbury United, they've also played 30, one point less on 65. Then it's Roman Glass and George. They've played 29 and they've got 63 points. So with that one game in hand, they could go top because they're because of their superior goal difference. Just beneath, well, beneath them, you've got Welton Rovers. There's a good 13-point gap between Roman Glass and Welton. Welton have played 28 and they've got 50 points. And in Radstock Town, they've played 27 and they're on 48 points. Only three points above Cheddar in six. Now, at the bottom of the first division, we've seen Portishead move off the bottom. Sherbourne Town are now uh, in 22nd place. They've got 29 games, they've got 21 points. Um, Just above them, Warminster, they've played 30, they're on 23. And then just above them... 30, point, 30 games played for Portishead, 24 points. There's a five-point gap between Ashton and Batwell, but Portishead certainly making a good fist of survival in the first division. Exciting times. Now then, Tom, um, have you penned your column for the non-league paper? Yeah, quick run through of the uh, Premier Division games that have happened over the last week. So, yeah, that's in the uh, step five and six section in the non-league paper. And, of course, Tom's bulletin is always... 
on the uh, Western League website. Tom, thank you very much for your time. We've had plenty of football to talk about this weekend. It's been an absolute bumper feast, plenty of incident, plenty of action. But, uh, well, let's just keep our fingers crossed that the snow lets us talk about some football next week. Otherwise, we'll have to, we'll have to come out with all sorts of weird and wonderful conversations about the, uh, the money that filters down from the professional TV deal to the grassroots of football, pitch covers. Um, well, you know, you name it. We can talk about it, but um, the listeners probably won't want to listen to it. Anyway, let's hope we're talking about Mud on Boots. Um, Tom, thank you very much for your time, and uh, you've been listening to another Tool Station Westernly podcast.